Welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast, where we explore the subject of aging from a fresh new perspective. Each week, you will learn how to look, feel, and be youthful, no matter your age or stage of life. Tune in each episode to hear words of wisdom, stories of hope, and keeping it real advice from your host, Elizabeth Vanderveer. We got a beautiful story. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm Elizabeth, your host of the Not Old Yet podcast. And today we have a guest here, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hello. And we are going to talk about dating at any age, but in particular, dating past menopause. For men and women, I'm going to share some anecdotes from both sides of the fence, having worked with patients for over a decade at Vanderveer Center, my med spa. And really, we're going to delve deep into physical issues, emotional issues, mental issues around sex as we age. Let's start uh, with physical. Cindy, talk to me about physical. I think it's one of the most terrifying things to happen is to age past 50 and get naked in front of a man. I just think with our society the way that it is and the way that it worships youth and all the silicone we can put everywhere now oh boy this is a tough one I think for most women I've heard it for decades that this is a problem and now that I'm one of us over 50 some things I can concur for sure how do you stay confident past 50 in your body do tell it starts in your head I know it's it's physical but it starts in your head and, you know, there's no getting around the age. We can fool others by appearing younger, but inside we know how old we are. Well, how about spanks and push-up bras? I mean, those could be considered false advertising. You know what I mean? When you're done at the end of the night and all that stuff comes off, it's like, oh, okay, well, here's the real person. And guys don't do that. They don't have that. So, But here's the thing, too. They're in a room with someone they're very interested in that they're going to become intimate with within minutes. Are they going to turn around and walk out? No. And they're interested in you. They want to be with you. So own it. And there's nothing healthier than a sexy mind when you're starting into the throes of intimacy with someone. So start there. Just own your body. Whatever yeah, this is. is your number one sex organ. The own. brain. For men and women, for sure. And for women, I think it's owning your confidence up here. And for men, it's owning the desire. One of the biggest causes of impotence is, you know, up here. And men psych themselves out. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, 50% of all 50-year-olds have a problem with periodic impotence. So even if you get through all of the BS to decide if you want to be with someone, 
there could be that problem too. And that can really play with a woman's mind. Mm -hmm. And if there's potency issues, like then you wonder if it's you and it's not necessarily. That's the point I'm trying to make is that these health issues are rampant. What I've learned and I've been told is 30% of 30-year-olds have impotence issues. The numbers go with the numbers, 50% of 50-year-olds, 70% of 70-year-olds. So those odds are pretty staggering, you know, against intimacy. So getting naked is tough. Getting naked and having problems with impotence is even tougher. One thing that I know women worry about is collagen is collagen. So we all know that you need to keep up with the collagen stimulation in your face in order to have a youthful looking face, but have a youthful looking hoo-ha, you got to deal with the collagen stimulation down there too. And uh, there's topicals, there's lasers that you and I have both had. I know a lot of women feel very self-conscious about how they look down there and there's a lot you can do now and you don't need to have surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need to cut to significantly rejuvenate the vaginal area, both inside and out. So let's talk about that. Since you and I have both had the procedure, it's called Thermiva, Thermiva, T-H-E-R-M-I-V-A. And it's radiofrequency that heats up the tissue to a certain temperature that's very comfortable. And it works inside and outside on the lady parts. Want to say anything more about that, Cindy? I've had uh, several treatments over several years. Uh, it helps with uh, 11 different things that are happening in a woman's body from pain syndromes, dryness, infections, looseness, the appearance, bladder infections, incontinence, both stress and urge incontinence, and the list goes on. It's just pretty incredible how this non-invasive procedure works uh, to help both the appearance and the function of this part of the body for women. You want to say something, Cindy? Well, I first turned to that after the first encounter I had had in a very, very long time uh, sexually. And it was excruciatingly painful. Mm. Like, stop, it's so painful. After menopause, right? This was after menopause. Mm -hmm. So I went in to talk about the procedure, get information about it, and then decided to do this. And I was told this will be a three-phase procedure, one every 30 days. And I was also told you won't see necessarily a big difference the first time around. And for me, that was true. But it also made me curious. And so because of that, I got a mirror to look down there. And I thought, oh, this is what, this is what they see. Ah! So the first procedure, what I went through was a wand that is used that looks very much like E.T.'s finger, the mm. light up on the tip. I mm. know I've told this to friends. They just think it's hilarious. But it's a long finger, and, and it heats up. And the procedure is painless. It feels like you're in a sitz bath for those who've had a child before um, at the hospital, and you're sitting here. It's warm. It's 
comfortable. The atmosphere is very pleasant. Uh, people very knowledgeable. And then 30 days later, I did it again. And this is where I really noticed a huge difference. First of yeah. all, I looked different. I was pink. I was plump. It was cute. It's like I was 14 again. It's and, pretty incredible how quickly it works. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then, but then the sensation was much grander. I had natural lubrication. And then it wasn't until the third one, at, right after the third one, that I noticed just this huge difference. My sensations were peaked. And when I had intercourse right after that, both he and I noticed the difference. Well, for me, I noticed the mm -hmm. difference twice. <laughs> and it was really life-changing for him. And right. yes, I, I couldn't say enough things about it. This was uh, shortly before Christmas that I had my third. And so several lady friends and I got together for drinks and to you know, bring in the holidays and so forth. And I just had this grin on my face. I could not stop. And so one of them says, all right, might as well just spill. You got something to say. We could just <laughs> And I told them about this and they stopped and half, drink halfway up, just like, huh? Uh -huh. And we're fascinated. And it's like, one was like, wait a minute, I got to write this down. And so really, this, I can vouch as well. This that is a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it is life-changing for both the partner and you to yes. have this tightening procedure. And it helps with incontinence, both urge and stress incontinence. It helps with pain. It helps with lubrication. It helps with the appearance immensely. I haven't had a treatment for over a year, I think. And I'm just starting to notice that it's time for a one treatment touch up, but very, very pleased. And like you said, it's painless and the results are quick. So that's nice to know. There's also a G spot enhancement that one can do. There's skin tightening that one can do. The only thing that's pretty limited right now for treatments is non-surgical breast rejuvenation. That just hasn't made it to prime time. There's a lot of treatments you can do, but the implants have really still just dominated that segment. And I think that the main reason why nobody's touching the treatment of breasts is just the legalities of it. You know, if you were to apply anything to the breast and then someone gets breast cancer, you just can't say for sure that it wasn't a contributor. So I think everyone's just too frightened of breast cancer to do anything. But that's, you know, that's an issue because, gosh, it changes. I remember when I used to get breast exams, my doctor, when I was premenopausal, my doctor used to say, oh, you have very thick breasts. And I never thought I did. And she's like, oh, they'll change after menopause. And I was like, yeah, they're not really. They're always going to probably be like this. Well, no, they change totally. And they're saggy and there's fake boobs everywhere and feeling good about your breasts is another challenge with dating. And like we talked about before, Cindy, when you're dating a 50 or 60 year old man, you know, a guy in his 50s or 60s, they can have the pick of the litter. You know, they can have any age. They can have 20 year olds. They can have 40 year olds. They can have 60 year olds. They can have any age. And 
So it's natural, I think, for a woman to feel vulnerable. And I think it's a daily struggle to stay confident as a woman, to stay comfortable in your skin, to continue to participate in life like social media and everything else and going to work and putting yourself out there. Maybe you're top head of the PTA, you know what I mean? It just takes a lot. And then you got to date on top of it or keep the spark alive in your relationship. And certainly something like pain with intercourse is just devastating to a relationship as is impotent. It's devastating. There's something you can do about that. I don't know if you know about this, but Gaines Wave is an amazing treatment for men. And one session of non-invasive, non-surgical can reverse that impotence issue. So there's great stuff for both men and women in the sex department, for Mm -hmm. sure. What about staying confident in your body? Like, what do you suggest? You know, there's something also to be said for the allurement of lingerie, for example. And, you know, if you're the kind that just can rock a great set of lingerie, do it. I mean, there's no reason why this has got to be something from the 20s or Playmate Centerfold or something like that. There's an allure to it. And I think it also helps build a confidence in a woman. So here's something that I discovered several decades. I did survey. So I'm dating someone and I surveyed whether or not he liked lingerie and what he liked. Because I think that's important because if you like the baby doll look and they hate it, that's going to be a a fashion don't in the bedroom. You know what I mean? By the same token, I don't like it when I have to look like a hooker to turn them on. That's not a good place to be either. No, that's not what I was talking about though. What I was I, love, referring- I like lingerie optional in a relationship. Well, what I was thinking really more of is you're getting undressed. More than likely it's going to be in front of him. So as he's removing your clothing or you're removing your clothing, why not have a great bra, a great oh pair of panties, something that you feel spectacular in. Maybe that's sheer, maybe it's lace, maybe it's the same color as your eyes. Whatever makes you, not him, whatever makes you feel good under the clothing, that's what you should be rocking. Yeah, I like that. You know, you don't have to spend a fortune either. And like you said, you don't have to look like a Playboy centerfold. There's so many great options. I cross and those places. Um, yeah. I will say that I tried a nightgown recently and that was a fashion don't. So I, <laughs> I definitely looked like a granny. I thought I, I got out in the middle of the night and I looked in the mirror. I was like, mm, this didn't go over well last night and it's not going over well now. So I took it off and put it in the goodwill pile. I was just like... Yeah, see, so I'm not, I'm not talking about negligees and I'm not talking about garter belts and, you know, seam stockings in the stilettos. I'm talking be you. You're going to wear it more than likely. Be under you is that bra and underwear in fashion talk? Yeah. What's be you? Bra and underwear? Yeah. Yes, and I agree. And I think that too many people wear gnarly undergarments. And I just feel like 
go through your stuff and throw some crap out. Like I have seen some gnarly stuff that my friends wear. I'm just like, my mom always said, what if you get into a car accident? I, I love that because we were in a car accident and my brother was killed. So why would you say that? But she always said, what if you're in a car accident and you need to show your underwear or your undergarments in the ER? She always wanted us to look presentable. But I think in a relationship, you should look presentable. Like, don't wear shit with holes in it and, you know, tattered beyond repair. Buy a new one. The same thing goes for the guys. Come on, guys. If it's got holes all over it, I know they're comfy. Get rid of it. It's like carrying a blankie around for people to wear old holy underwear. You know what I really like doing, and I started doing this actually when I was in my 20s, is wearing a great bra and pair of panties under, you know, like just a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and maybe just sneakers and that's it. And on the outside, I'm very, very casual, very like semi-boyish, but inside, I'm all girl. That's and, a great idea. And it makes me walk different. I feel mm -hmm. different. I think different. And that's continued through the decades. And if you're going to splurge on yourself, forget that half gallon of ice cream and go find yourself a great bra and pair of panties. Yeah, bra and panties is a great idea for a gift to yourself, a treat. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, and then if you're afraid to completely disrobe, get down to the skivvy section. And, you know, a, a guy's not going to turn you down at that point. So go ahead with it on, you know. If it's the breasts that are sagging, do your thing with the bra on and the bra could come off halfway and no one's going to care. Yeah. It's so hard without talking about it, you know, to your partner. It's so hard, especially mm -hmm. if there's lots of silence about it. You know, it's um, getting intimate is hard. It's hard to know when it's hard to know how I know a lot of women that will not undress in front of a man. They still are undressing in the bathroom and then, you know, running to the bed. It's just crazy, really, when you think about it. I think part of the, the intrigue and setting up everything regarding foreplay is the undressing part. It's like a present. It's like a gift. That's a nice way to think about it. Well, undressing each other or just disrobing slowly. And with intention, you know, if you can own that, I think that's a really sexy come on to any guy, mm -hmm. regardless of the age. What do you think about who pays on a date? I have mixed feelings about that. And it brings in a different equation with those who are retired, because I know for some, there's a very limited income both men and women, and still, it, for the most part, it's off regarding the two sexes because you don't see too many women making the exact same amount of money as a man. 
And so I've always thought through the decades past, because things were certainly that way as well, that I'll pay 50% when I'm making the exact same amount that you are, Mr. So-and-so. And sometimes that went over with a laugh and sometimes it didn't go over at all. But that's, that was my personal belief. Now, there have been times, too, where things were going very well financially for me, and I would go just go ahead and pick something up. They appreciated it a lot. And that was really nice for me to be able to know that they did appreciate that. Not that I don't do it rarely, but I think that's a big part of it. And I also have friends that have said, if I ask a guy out, I pay. Okay. So now talking to the man about that, they feel sometimes that's a very special thing, but then depending on where and how they were raised, they feel a little emasculated about that. They want to pay. So that whole question, I think, comes right down to the couple. What are they comfortable with? Because there's no right and wrong. Yeah, I think you have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because... Well, certainly with younger men, you can't expect them to pay. I think a lot of women are testing out the waters of dating someone younger, and they don't have the same conventions and values that someone older does. Mm -hmm. Most older guys, when I say older, I mean like 60 and above, they will be more generous with the pain and maybe a little less interested in hopping in the sack immediately. We were talking about this earlier. A lot of those dating apps are nothing more than hookup sites. And even some people that you'll start to text on them, you know, through the apps will disappear. And then you'll get a text at nine o'clock at night. What's up? Like, uh, not me. I'm not up for getting together at nine or 10 o'clock at night. You know what that is? That's a booty call. But it happens. You know, these guys are just used to being able to just dial up sex. It's pretty incredible of all different ages. Mm -hmm. It's there for the taking. But be careful on dating apps. That's uh, rife with lots and lots of tricksters and people that are not serious. Or in the case of one of the guys, well, several just want texting forever. Like they want to text or email or whatever, but usually it's texting now, texting forever. Mm -hmm. um, but one person I texted for a long time, I'm going to say it was like a month because of travel and on both ends, but then he wanted to drink my urine <gasps> Oh! before we actually met. And I was like, delete. Oh, people. At that point I deleted that account. I was just like, so over what I was finding on that app. Now I've done another podcast talking about specifics <laughs> of these apps, but boy, was that an all time low of hearing that someone wants to drink my urine. <laughs> so I was glad. I was glad that he told me. I was like, thank you for saving me any further investment in you. But I seriously think that we texted for a month and it was hot and heavy texting. Or at least, you know, it was a good amount of effort. But then I was like, geez, Louise, another one. This is another one of my pet peeves about dating. Well, not just that they want to drink my urine. I mean, come on. That's a, that's a no-brainer. 
but them, no, maybe this is just LA, them picking restaurants convenient to them. So in LA, we have this thing called GD. I know they have it in New York too. They probably have it in major, every major city. Geographically desirable people, GD. So in LA, you can be 10 miles away and three hours away because of the traffic. So this dude and I are texting, this is before I deleted the app, and he suggests getting together at a nice restaurant for a drink at his neighborhood. And for me, it was 10 miles. And by the time I went to go meet him there, the app said it was going to be two hours of driving to get to him. So I texted them. Actually, I think I called them and I was just like, hey, dude, no one's worth that much of my time to come meet for a drink. I said, sorry, but you're losing out. I am not traveling that far. Now, I think it's rude that he wanted me to travel. You know, I'm like, then I start thinking to myself, okay, does he not have a car? Because he told me where he lived and I knew where the restaurant was and I Googled it and they were like right next to each other. I'm like, dude, you're making an effort to walk across the street basically. And you want me to drive two hours for that drink. And there was already some red flags about some religious issues. So I call him up and I'm like, so sorry, you're not worth it. Not going to make it. Well, then he turned psycho and he started yelling at me. And he started telling me all the reasons why I need to get in that car and drive to him. And God's going to come and get me basically if I did it. I mean, this is adventures of dating. I don't even know why I bother. I mean, literally, come on, Cindy. Have you had any better adventures than me? So I deleted him, then I blocked him because he was becoming very harassing and wanted to take me to church and get me saved. I have no words. I um, guess you gotta come to LA and participate in the dating ritual down here. Oh gosh, I could go on. There's people that won't even like hang with me because I don't know the right zip code. Uh, they you know, want to find out where I live in LA and then if you're not in the right zip code, forget it. I mean, that's interesting. I have something interesting to share in regards to long distance relationships. Mm. And how do you keep the passion going if you're the next date over? Well, much like Thermiva, which we were talking about, there are apps. There are apps. So there is something called WeVibe. Mm. And WeVibe is a vibrator that one party has and the other has control. Oh, my. And so you connect through your phones. And let's say the woman is the one with the vibrator and the man with the control. Well, let's just say. Let's just say that. And so you connect through the phone or through a text and the woman has the option to decline or accept. And then you can hear each other, you could see each other or not. And then the vibrator has all these multiple different settings. There you go. And, you know, you can tell him, yes, more, little less, um, you know, let's go wild tonight, whatever. But that is out there. And (laughs) it's pretty awesome. And so... No kidding. Yeah. So there's just a whole plethora 
of things out there to help with the relationship, whatever the relationship might be, you know, whether it's Thermiva or Gainswave or WeVibe. And it benefits us women, men too, to get knowledge about, about this type of thing and to apply it to your own situation because life's short. Why not? Well, that brings up a point about women in general. And I saw over 10,000 women over 10 years at the bedside in my med spa and listened to them, you know, and listened to their heartfelt pain and challenges. And I can't tell you, it was the majority of women don't have a sex life that I was talking to. Or if they do, it's an unsatisfying one filled with tension, filled with power struggles and patterns of behavior that are destructive. And they weren't enjoying sex. And many of them were, I don't want to say hiding behind pain, but they weren't interested in addressing, say, pain with intercourse because then they'd have to deal with their husband or their partners. And they had gotten comfortable in a pattern of behavior where everyone was unhappy. And I just think that's such a shame for women to give up on sex. And basically I would hear, I don't like sex, it's painful, I don't wanna give my husband the satisfaction, I don't wanna let my husband have it or get it, or you know, just incredible comments, but really who they were shortchanging is themselves. I mean, a healthy, robust, respectful, nurturing sex life is an amazing addition to aging. And yes, we have issues like we just discussed, dryness, incontinence, pain, infections, appearance that we don't like. That's all changeable. That There is something you can do. The vast majority of you can get to a location where they can provide these services. And you deserve a sex life. You deserve feeling good in your body. I'm with someone now that I've never experienced this before, Cindy, but literally he put his hand on my belly and said, I love your belly. And I'm like, oh, what? What? I've never heard that in 53 years. Never. Even pregnant, I never heard it. So. When it happens, when you find someone that accepts you and your biggest fear or flaw is exposed and everything, and you get that, it's just kind of overwhelming. But it's like, okay, maybe I can relax in this relationship. Maybe I can disrobe confidently. The one thing that we talked about in a previous podcast is that I've heard it said that once the male sexual response is going and, you know, they're churning along, if you will, thinking about sex, getting you close to them, getting you naked, whatever, they are not fixated on our flaws. We might be, in fact, I spent the vast majority of my life thinking about my flaws in that situation, but they're not. No. Their brain is completely on sex. And on the male sexual response, which is like a steamroller, you know, unless their mind goes haywire, which it can, and they have a problem with 
potency. So if they lose their erection, that messes with their head for sure. But they're not thinking about your flaws. They're not thinking about our flaws. They're thinking about their own gratification. And that's really when I think as women, we can own our power and, you know, enjoy ourselves is in that moment when we're connecting with our partner. Exactly. Um, and uh, I love your idea of new bra and panties or whatever works for you. I'm going to tell you a little secret that I do. And I don't do this with someone that I've just met. We have, we're in a relationship, a trusting, loving relationship. But I will go commando and he not know about it. And maybe we've just sat down in the theater to watch a play. And as the lights are going down, I will lean over to him and whisper, oh, darn, I forgot my panties. <laughs> and that's all he's thinking about for uh, the entire time of the play. That's great. Voila. I love it. That's a great one. That's a fantastic idea. And that's the perfect kind of floor foreplay for a guy. You know, a guy wants to know that you're thinking about him and it's okay to show that. And at the same time, he's already getting fantasies of you, of him, together. Right. It, and it, it has nothing to do with any insecurity in any other area that you as a woman might have. Right. Very good point. It's already done. You know, the two of you are going to have this magic moment later on in the evening. Yeah, unless something comes along to destroy it. But otherwise, it's a fait accompli. It's, it's going to happen, and it's going to be mission accomplished for the man. And I think that's where uh, if we can go along for the ride and have a great time as well. That's all the better. Mm -hmm. um, sex is really important in a relationship. It's a way to bond outside of you know words and bills and activities and food and everything. It's an intimacy that's necessary, I think, to keep the spark alive. Some sort of intimacy. And, you know, for everyone, it's different. Some couples agree that they're going to have sex once a month, and they're both happy with that. God love you. Good for you. But talk about it and make sure it's okay with both of you. And if it's not okay with you, don't say it is. That's another thing is a lot of people are like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, you really need to be okay before you say okay like if you're just gonna have sex once a week whether you need it or not you know if that's not okay with you say it's not okay with you early in a relationship don't wait until well the phd comes the pile high and deep i'd like to also add that do not do not ever 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 fake an orgasm mm. because if you have faked it. You're the one that is screwing yourself out of a future. Because if he assumes that whatever it was he was doing to create that orgasm, mm. he's going to continue to do it. Therefore, you're going to continue to probably not have one. I've never thought about it that way, but that's a good point. If he thinks he's hitting the home run and he's not... Or she. It's I not guess. his fault. Uh, that's a good point. You don't want to give that false hope that 
everything's okay. Right. And so if you can just say, oh, oh, that feels wonderful, but, or can you, can you move your hand just like a little, oh yes, that kind of thing. It, it helps both of you. And, and mm-hmm. that starts with, again, a competent mind, mm-hmm. keeping the door open as far as the sharing aspect so that you both get there wherever and whenever that is. But don't fake it. Don't yeah, fake that's it. good advice for any age. Don't fake it because it really is destructive to a relationship. And, you know, men are now so conditioned to women faking it that they'll ask a lot. Were you faking it? Like, why? Don't ask me that question. Am I going to ask you that question? That's just weird. I don't like being asked that question. Are you faking it? But I guess they're just so used to women faking it. I think for a long time we were encouraged to, don't you? Um, I don't know about encouraged, but I would say that because women react so differently to orgasms that the man who's had obviously more willing participants has been able to compare and think, oh, geez, this one was a screamer and this one's real quiet and kind of still. Did she come? Well, okay. Um, I suppose in some regards that might be a fair question, but at the same time, we're all individuals. And just speaking for myself, I know that I've had, you know, very mild orgasms, not to say that they weren't great, but Mm -hmm. I've also had some that, you know, they felt it on the moon. So, well, that's, you know, the thing it's so variable time to time. And as you age, it gets less predictable that you can have the same experience. You know, when someone's in their twenties, you can pretty much predict the pathway to orgasm. You know, it's pretty linear stimulus and then you, you know, continued excitement, it builds, and then you orgasm. But when you're older, you have health problems. You know, you might even just have a sore hip. You roll over on your side and you're like, oh, well, that's a, you know, buzzkill. You know, you just have stuff that you don't have when, not as much when you're younger. And then you have the impotence problems and it can get complicated really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing that people look for when they're older is really more of evaluating for a companion. Like, do I just enjoy hanging out with this person? When I was younger, I was so consumed with where I was going and my career and my kids and everything. And now that I'm older, all that's kind of peeled away. And now it's about, well, Okay, without all those distractions, kids are a huge distraction and they impact everything. Sex particularly, whether you're married or dating or whatnot, as long as the kids are in the house, that changes everything. But, you know, now that I'm in my 50s, it's like, now I really, really want to understand this person's character, their temperament, their personality, their capabilities. I want to know, can you fix something? Or are you going to be the kind of person that either calls the repair person or asks me to do it? I dated both of those. Quite literally, someone expected me to fix everything, like a guy, because their wife had done that. I had no idea. 
and getting into this, like when we decided to move in with each other, that's when it really became apparent was like, oh, I'm not gaining anything in that department. This person did not know how to put in a light bulb practically. So, you know, knowing who you're dating is important too, because quite frankly, I just don't have the time anymore. If you're not bringing something to the table and something to the table doesn't mean financial necessarily. It means bring me something exciting. Bring me something positive. Bring me new ideas. Bring me companionship. Bring me assistance with the household chores or whatever we're doing. It doesn't just mean sex, but sex is a part of it. And I don't know why. I think men are afraid. I need to tell you this, Cindy. Men are afraid of women in their 50s and beyond. I've heard this from guys. They're like, oh, well, I suppose you're just going to turn into that psychomenopause bitch. I hear that a lot. Like they equate menopause with craziness. And it's because their friends say it. There's lore on the streets. I'm sure there's cartoons about it. There's all sorts of stuff about women turning crazy with menopause. And so men are primed. And quite frankly, they're probably looking at us to see how crazy we are. And I don't want us to be seen as a group of crazies. You know, this is a wonderful time and a wonderful time to have a relationship. I just happen to think dating and apps in particular are a nightmare. They're just a nightmare. We've talked some apps. What? Some apps. What's a good one? We vibe. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant dating apps. Yeah. Vibe is interesting. So I know that you can use that when you're with someone too. Oh, absolutely. And you can use it obviously by yourself. So it's the vibrator that looks like that, right? Yeah. So it, it there's actually, it comes like in a kit. So there's one that's like this, it's silicone and it's malleable so that you can move it ever so like this. And so it's inserted. Right. Like this. So it's on top and then it's inside as well. And then there's your typical vibrator that comes with it. And then they've got something like seven different modes. And then the intensity changes as well. One that I've seen is the one that goes inside. This part goes inside the vagina and this part goes on the clitoris. And then the man or whatever goes in the vagina with the vibrating part. So it stimulates the G spot, it stimulates the penis, and it's all good. And I think it stimulates the clitoris. And then you can even have a the same remote control you can have for that and with your partner. So they can use it, I guess, when you're away by app right. or you can do it in person. That's a pretty cool vibrator. I uh, don't have one, but I've seen it and I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. Also something to be said for a handheld shower massage, ladies. Oh yeah. I think um, phone sex and texting sex and sexting are all part of a modern relationship now, long distance, following up on your comment. I think it's just kind of expected. I'm still not chill with it early in a relationship, though. There's people that aren't long distance that want to be sexting, and that's just not me. I I just don't go there. I think um, you have to get to a certain level of trust 
and that should not be coming just after a couple of dates. This is right. You become aware of each other intimately, and I don't mean just sexually, but intimately, where you feel enough of a connection and enough of a trust that you can do these things with technology because for the most part, they're going to be around a while. Well, they just had a pretty famous actress go through hell with nude photos being leaked. And then Whoopi Goldberg on The View was basically saying, you should have known better. So I think that it's very dicey to do uh, sexting or nude photos or whatever. I think if you want them, of you and of the two of you, keep them on your phone and don't send them anywhere. Just look at them from your phone. Otherwise, I mean, even that's not safe. People hack into phones all the time. Obviously, the more famous you are, the more at risk you are. But still, these are permanent things. They're not just on your phone. I'm just amazed, Cindy, at the number of people that are so paranoid about stuff that's going on in the world, and yet they have an Alexa or you know, a Google Home or whatever, and they're talking to it and they're feeding it its information about everything in their lives. But nude photos and videos, I would say very little good is going to come of it. Mm. And think very seriously about doing that. And I will not do it with a dating situation. Men will start. So this is the way they do it. They'll start by asking for legitimate casual photos of you and your family or just you and then come evening they'll ask for more and they want to see whatever you want to show them and it starts coming on uh very early so i say this to our friends that are maybe new to the dating apps and don't know the games that people play and how you can be completely played for a fool very easily and before you know it, they're sending you sex and they're expecting you to sex back. I just cut it off. The minute that they ask me for a more interesting photo or more casual photo, or sometimes they're just straight up explicit and they say, send me a picture of your boobies. You know, and I just have no patience. That That's just not a good omen for a relationship. <laughs> Sometimes, most often, it's before they even meet you. They're requesting this information. Scary, isn't it? It is scary because they don't know you from Adam. And, you know, they're gaining all this information about you with photos. And, oh, they can piece together a lot. So, buyer beware. Be careful. Mm-hmm. I met the person I'm dating, I met in person. I have said this before. I haven't had a lot of luck on the dating apps. I'm out of them. I just can't do it anymore. You met someone through someone, friends of friends, which is the number one way to meet people. I met someone in person when I was with someone else. And then 10 months later, we got together. But it's dicey. It is really, really dicey to date at any age. But 60% of us are dating, apparently. So we're either actively in a relationship or we want to be in a relationship. 60% of people over 50. Well, and the majority of those single women that I know, 
that have met someone, most of the time it's been online. And for them, it seems to have worked. I mean, they're happy. They've been in a relationship. One of them just recently got engaged. They met online two years ago. And um, another? It was long distance. Sorry? She was very patient and it was long distance, right? Are we talking about our friend? Uh, no, this one. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. No, this was another friend. And no, and it was, it was actually one of the senior sites. It was uh, our time or something like that, that this couple met. And they're perfectly suited for each other. Great couple. So most of my friends have met through dating sites. One or two have met in the off chance at some kind of event or something like that. And as you mentioned, um, I met this person through a friend. But, you know, it still doesn't change anything. It doesn't alter anything. You still have to be on your guard. A lot of them are married. And, you know, there's always the baggage. We have baggage. So trust your gut. Follow your instincts. Do a little sleuthing. And hopefully everything will work out. Well, thanks so much for being here with us, Cindy. That was a great show talking about dating over a certain age. And I certainly appreciate your input. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. I'm Elizabeth, the host of Not Old Yet podcast.